Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Dell Tech Fest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. Plus, curate your dream setup with great deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com slash deals, you'll have access to leading-edge technology and free shipping on everything. Again, that's dell.com slash deals. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Sorry, Rich. Blockbuster trade going down right now. Okay. On Miller. Wait, what? Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. The Broncos are finalizing a trade to send Von Miller to... The Rich Eisen Show. The Los Angeles Rams. Of course they're doing that. Earlier on the show, Pro Football Hall of Famer Rod Woodson. Still to come, ESPN NFL analyst Dan Orlovsky. From the CBS comedy The Neighborhood, actor Max Greenfield. Plus your phone calls and more. And now... It's Rich Eisen. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. Great chat with Rod Woodson, Pro Football Hall of Famer in hour one. If you missed it, YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show is the place to go. If you uh, can wait, if you'd like, um, we re-air on NBC Sports on Peacock. We also uh, have a podcast version of this show. We appreciate if everybody checks that one out. Uh, Cumulus Podcast Network is the spot for all of that. Um, my, uh, my just getting started podcast is, uh, reaching its stirring conclusion. The 10 episode arc of season two wow, of voices Eddie? of the NFL, um, where I've spoken to Joe Buck and Jim Nance and Al Michaels and Michael Strahan and Aaron Andrews, and also Chris Berman. We also spoke to, uh, Kevin Harlan. Um, last week was Amy Trask. Um, you can get all those conversations about their beginning of their careers and how they got to where they've gotten and words of advice for you and great stories from their NFL years, um, current and past. Uh, Adam Schefter is tomorrow's guest. That will be dropping tomorrow. Uh, and the episode 10 will be Chris Collinsworth. So get that where all is gotten. And speaking of Adam, he tweeted out moments ago that Jalen Smith, the Dallas Cowboy, released a uh, linebacker from just a few weeks ago, and he signed with Green Bay. He's being released by Green Bay. So does that mean they're making a move for someone else in the trade deadline today? Because the trade deadline's at 4 Eastern time today, and we've already seen a maneuver involving a defender, and one of note, former Charger, now current Pittsburgh Steeler, who wanted out, Melvin Ingram, is going to Kansas City. And for a sixth-round pick next year. And uh, it was one week ago today that Mike Tomlin had his press conference um, in Pittsburgh, his weekly press conference, with one of the greatest uh, drops of all time that's now in our Hall of Fame. Do you have that one that you could play real quick for me right here, uh, Mr. Feller? This is amazing. Never say never, but never. Uh, This is the greatest, okay? And uh, as you know, I love Mike Tomlin. I love his press conferences. I love the way that he expresses himself. And his his use of the English language for me is just... uh, 
It's a beautiful thing. It's it's <laughs> coach speak. It's football <laughs> speak. It's just honest speak. It's from the heart speak. It's it's Tomlin speak. It's amazing. It's amazing. So he was asked about trading away Melvin Ingram today, and uh, it's another instant classic <laughs> in my opinion. Mike, uh, in regards to Ingram, how do you balance sometimes um, what a player desires or his wishes are if it is to be traded, as opposed to maybe what you feel what might be best for the team or what the team needs at a position? What the team needs is first and foremost. Um, and that's just how it goes. That's the component of team sport and football in particular. Um, that's always the first and foremost. But from a team perspective also, um, it's better to have volunteers as opposed to hostages. And so that's good for the team as well. <laughs> <laughs> like, does, how does he come up with these? I that's what I really want to know. I just love know? Mike Tom. I heart Mike, man. Better to have volunteers than hostages. Like Rich, Rich Hart's Tomlin, like the Bob Hart's... Abishola? Ab yeah. Done. <laughs> Done. Done. And you know who also Hart's Tomlin is Bob from the show. Of course. Yeah. Well, Billy yes. Gardell loves course, Hart's Billy, Tomlin. Yeah, right. Billy loves Hart's Tomlin. <laughs> yes. We, we Hart Billy. So while we're on the subject of volunteers or hostages in the American <laughs> Football Conference Northern Division... Okay. Who is Odell Beckham Jr. right now in Cleveland, Ohio? Is he a volunteer or is he a hostage? Because if he is, let's just say the latter, a hostage, it appears, uh, it appears dad put an old hostage yeah. video up uh -huh. on Instagram. 11 minutes in length. Uh -huh. One piece of film after another of Odell being open and not getting the football. Which is, you know, uh, I, I think you could probably make that video, maybe not 11 minutes in length, but you could make a video of any receiver in the NFL, okay, that is open and doesn't get the football yeah. over a certain span. And you could do that for anybody. Name it. I'm sure Devontae Adams sometimes does not get the football when he is open. <laughs> as, as somebody who is a fantasy football lover and um, – uh, owner of the tremendous all-pro future Hall of Famer DeAndre Hopkins, I could make a video of the number of times that I need DeAndre Hopkins yes. to get the ball, Same. and he does not. <laughs> yep. Okay? But to splice this all together, to go to the edit bay, to use the TV phrase, and splice this all together and put it all together and post it the night before a trade deadline <laughs> is particularly move. provocative. It's a move. Yeah. It's a move. Yeah. So what are we saying here? That you want out? That not only do you want out, but you're creating an environment that makes it uncomfortable for you to stay. So what gives? And I know... Chris, you are a leading forefront member of the Odell is no longer the guy who we saw in New York club, and his numbers certainly support that. His post-knee injury numbers certainly support that, that the day of Odell flashing and grabbing the one-handed grabs in a game and lighting it up and, yeah, and being just, the difference the maker is that, over. I, I don't want to feel that way, but it, I mean, just the last few years have just shown he's not the same player. It was. just, it, it does beg to the question of what's 
up? And why not? Why can't it work? Why hasn't it worked? Because I would have a feeling that if by 4 p.m. Eastern today, I'm just going to choose a team, just pluck it out of the hat. Let's just say by 4 p.m. Eastern today, Odell Beckham Jr. is wearing the red, white, and blue uniform of the New England Patriots. I would proffer to say they'd figure out how that works, that he would be more, he would be more, if the two extremes are, in terms of acquiring a receiver for the New England Patriots, the two extremes are Randy Moss on one end, right? Uh, Honestly, you can't get any higher up that food chain Pro Football Hall of Fame and also results from an acquired receiver that everybody thought was no longer the same and had reached the end of a road that had a heck of a lot more miles on it once he arrived in New England. If that's one end of it. Okay. The other end of the spectrum is Muhammad Sanu. I was going to say, yeah. Okay. <laughs> a second-round choice for somebody that did nothing. Like, like, it, it, like, his only contribution could have been to maybe, behind the scenes, helped, you know, load the muskets for those Minutemen in the end zone just who scares the crap out of me every time I'm in Gillette and they fire those things off like, oh, my God. <laughs> you see the whites of my eyes. You'd have to think Odell's somewhere closer to the Randy Moss end of things. And that's just New England. You'd have to think somewhere. Like, what if the they would never show up in the Ravens? Let's go in another conference. What if? Well, the Green Bay. What if Green Bay? People think Green Bay needs right. That's him. what I've been saying. Yeah. You put what if, him what with if what if What if we don't know? What if we don't know? If Antonio Brown's ankle slash heel injury is more serious than believed, and the all-in team keeps on getting more pot committed themselves, I'm keeping using this phrase. What if he shows up there? Do you think he's done there? So if if we believe that about a new spot, why not here? What's up with that? So is it coaching? Well, I think that's obvious. You just answered it. What, is put it Baker? Him, put him with Rodgers. I'm not saying it's Baker, but you put him with Rodgers. Uh, it's him also with Brady. a scheme. It's also a scheme. Scheme, I think Odell. Because I said put him with Mac Jones. I just uh, said put that him was, with Mac Jones. I was going to question that one. I don't think that uh, Mac Jones would be the one uh, to resurrect Odell. Come on. You don't think Belichick and McDaniels would know how to figure out 13? I mean, uh, figure what? out that Rubik's Cube that no one else figured well, out? The, the like one, they did with Corey Dillon? Like we can go on and on and on and on. And the one piece that team is missing is a field stretcher Yeah. on the outside. Yeah. I think yeah. it would work. You know, Odell and Randy Moss very similar where they're at at this point in their career, but Randy Moss didn't have that injury. Well, Randy was also a Hall of Famer, though. Yeah, I mean, Randy Moss and Odell are not very similar. I just use that as the just I'm just putting two different ends of the spectrum. I mean, not like Odell's going to the Hall of Fame. I just mean where we thought of them in their career. Like, Randy Moss was over in Oakland. Like, I was a rat. I don't have an answer, and I know the easy answer is it's on Baker. Let's just keep on throwing everything in the Baker bin because it's all Baker's fault. Stefanski takes a lot of it. Come on now. Let's figure it out. Yeah. So, let's see if that happens by 4 Eastern today. And if it doesn't, it's still an interesting question. I would say it's not happening. Shrug emoji, man. I would say not. Let's take a break. Somebody who knows, I think, or has an inkling, Dan Orlovsky of ESPN. Let's break down some film with him. Can't wait to chat with him. Always made smarter when Dan comes on the program. He's next. 
Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Joining us right here from NFL Live, I also enjoy listening to him call games uh, on uh, the college football weekend. Our friend Dan Orlovsky from ESPN back here on the show. How are you, Dan? I'm doing good, Rich. Good back. Good to be back with you, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great, thanks. Uh, I'm 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 just got a ton of questions for you. I'm just going to jump right into it. What do you see when you look at the Chiefs? What's going on? Do you think when you see them? A lot of issues. Um, what are a they? A lot of issues. Number one, there's there's a lack of commitment to running the football. We all know that. Um, do I think they're great at it? No, but the lack of commitment to actually calling runs. This is a an offense that has made its foundation, the RPO, the run-pass option. When you do that, there are negative consequences to that for both units and players. Your offensive line does not fire off the football um, like it would if a run, just a run play was called. They no longer are obsessed with moving people off the line of scrimmage. Candidly, they can't really try to drive people past three or four yards because if Patrick pulls the ball on the RPO and throws it, that's going to be a flag. So I think there's been a slow deterioration in the mindset of an offensive lineman. Um, I think number two, Patrick Mahomes' feet have absolutely no rhythm to that. Um, I'm doing this on NFL Live today, a breakdown. Yep. I think Patrick Mahomes mechanically right now is the worst quarterback in the NFL. Um, let, let me, let me. I'm not trying to be a hot take or hyperbolic here. I'm completely aware of who I was as a player, and I'm completely aware of who Patrick is. Um, Patrick's the most talented player I've ever seen at that position in my life. I also want to, don't want to pretend like Patrick was Drew Brees, like he was this tactician, this technically, you know, um, perfect player. He's always been a poor mechanic or freelance mechanic player. He has never been who he is right now inside the pocket. His feet mechanically are so bad right now. It is having such a negative impact on the pocket presence, the accuracy, the rhythm of a play. Um, there's multiple examples last night, and it has slowly started to present itself and deteriorate, and I thought last night was even more of a culmination. There are still moments of good results, yet there's a bad process when it comes to that. Mm. Um, you know, they haven't really developed the number two wide receiver outside of Tyreek. Tyreek, Kelsey's the tight end. That's one and two pass catchers, but there's no number two wideouts. Um, so, you know, it's not just a single thing, Rich. Um, do I think there's fixable yes. aspects to it? Absolutely. Um, absolutely. I think that Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, Mike Kafka, and Patrick Mahomes have earned the right 
for patience, so to speak, and belief and trust in it. But that's just the reality right now. That was my follow-up about how fixable things are because, you know, obviously it is the longest regular season ever. We keep hearing that. We now have, have reaching right around the halfway point. There is an extra game of runway. Uh, unfortunately, that extra game of runway for Patrick Mahomes, that 17th game is coming up this week. It's Green Bay. So you run out of time for patience and trying to fix stuff that is fixable. How quickly is this stuff fixable? in your estimation. Yeah, I I don't think the mechanical stuff is fixable in season. I think that's really difficult. Can you make it better? Yes. Do mm. I think you can get rid of it? No. I mean, that is a that is a commitment to the off-season type of thing for me. Um, but I think they can get him better on it as, as long as they emphasize it and he emphasizes it and really works at it. The reality is you only practice three days a week, right? And so maybe it's one of those things – and this is what I would be trying to sit down and have a conversation. We got to sit. We got to come in on Monday and Tuesday and work on some of this stuff. Give me thirty minutes. Give me an hour. Mm-hmm. I, I just, for me, that's what I would try to be talking about. Um, I've been pounding the table that, you know, I would call more check with me's more than RPOs. Check with me's are you call two plays in the huddle. One could be a run. One could be a pass. You want to get to the line of scrimmage and they're going to play you in those two high safeties. Let's run it. The offensive line, we are not throwing it until you hear me go check, check, alert, alert, apple, apple, whatever. That is the check with me. And if they drop down a safety and play one high, well, then we could throw the football. And I think that would be a benefit for their offense. Um, The turnovers and penalties are with – I don't think we're – that's who they are this year right now. That's just who they are. And they're going to have to try to overcome that and and kind of really hone in on some of the other execution aspects to, to kind of mask it, so to speak. Dan Orlovsky here on the Rich Eisen Show. You could check out more of Dan's opinions of Patrick Mahomes' footwork and what's fixable and what's not later on NFL Live on ESPN. He's on the Rich Eisen Show right here. What do you think's going through Sean Payton's mind uh, about who's the starter, uh, not just for this week, with it looks like um, Taysom Hill on course to return from a concussion, uh, or for, for the rest of a season that appears to be flat out in the mix for the division and for a run in the NFC. I mean, the Saints are coming on strong. This is a season that is not lost. What do you have for me on this, Dan? What do you think? Yeah, Sean Payton's track record and, and the empirical data we have on ship, Sean Payton says that he's going to be pretty darn good and so will the Saints no matter who his quarterback is. Hmm. Um, you know, he's got 20, we got 20 games of Sean Payton as the head coach of the Saints without Drew Brees. He's in 19 games, excuse me. He's 16 and 6 without Drew. Okay, so Drew's a Hall of Famer. You're not going to get that production out of the quarterback. But this, the backbone of this football team, roster wise, is a hands on, sticky defense. It sure is. That is not changing. And then a very good offensive line. So I look at it as saying, Trevor Simeon, if we were going to point to one thing that he could not do, that is his fatal flaw, so to speak. It is having to move, having to go above the X's and O's, having to go create. Well, with a dominant offensive line, or a really good offensive line, and a lights-out play caller, you don't really need that as a quarterback. I need you, and Sean Payton needs Trevor Simeon to go and be really good with his decision-making, get the football to Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas, who's coming back, Marquez Callaway, who's coming on, I think they move forward with Trevor Simeon because of that, because of the offensive line and because of Sean Payton. 
and I still think that they can be a good football team. I don't think that this is a Super Bowl-run football team, mm-hmm. and so, therefore I don't believe that adding Drew Brees back or Phillip Rivers or Cam Newton or trading for Nick Foles changes that. I think this is a team that can be a good football team and be in the mix come December with Trevor Simeon because of the backbone being the defense and the offensive line. Can you do me a favor and put into words best you can from your experience uh, with what Simeon was able to do in the middle of a game, Mike White getting a start um, for the first time in his career, um, also Cooper Rush not knowing really if he's going to start until the last minute and then he wins his first career start. How difficult is that to do? Yeah, yeah it's, there's certain aspects of it that are incredibly challenging because you're waiting for the moment. You don't know when it's going to come. Specifically for a guy like Cooper Rush and Mike White, those, those later round draft picks, guys that have been tossed around or undrafted for agents, you know, Greg Olson, who's the offensive coordinator for the Las Vegas Raiders, was my rookie year quarterbacks coach. Mm-hmm. And he said something to me my rookie year that forever changed my football time, but also like my life, so to speak. And you don't know when the opportunity is going to come. Don't la- look back and regret that you weren't ready. And I think that's what we saw with some of those players is you don't know when the opportunity is going to present itself. And so you got to be impatiently patient. You have to maniacally work and prepare like it is going to be today and believe it's going to come because when it does, you get one shot as one of those late-round guys. You get one moment to go, all right, this guy doesn't stink, and we'll give him another chance. And you've just got to be so ready and prepared for it. And I think what you saw specifically with Mike White and Cooper Rush was those guys have sat and watched and sat and, and learned and had mental rep after mental rep after mental rep for thousands of mental reps. And so when they had to go on the field and play, they knew what to do with the football for the most part. I thought that both their mindsets were, I'm not going to lose the game. You know, and I've heard Steve Young say that so many times as a backup quarterback, don't lose the game. Mike White, go watch the tape. He just did a really good job of taking easy throws. He threw to the backs 20 times. Just, hey, you guys, go earn your scholarship. Go earn your paycheck, so to speak. Cooper Rush, you know, again, didn't do anything to hurt the football team outside of that one interception, and even then the deep. So I just think those guys, you know, were ready for the moment, did not try to be something that they're not, and were just very good with making sure that they did the simple things at a high level. I saw my own two eyes at SoFi this weekend where the, the, the Patriots were daring daring Justin Herbert to check it down, right? They were like, go ahead. You know, yep. like, this is what we, we're, we're, we're not going to let you go deep. Mike Williams is not going to beat us. You know, you need to be patient. And and the, the, the quarterback who did that and then took his shot, waited for guys to come clear on the second level, was Mac Jones. He was spectacular, Dan. He was yeah. spectacular. Yeah. Again, it's Rich. unreal what's happening. Rich. Yeah. Rich, I think Mac Jones is the best quarterback rookie-wise I've ever seen hmm. when it comes to knowing where to throw the football, when to throw the football, and how to throw the football. He's just – I've said, I said this when I started looking at him. I called his games last year. He just has this incredible ability to play so fast. And I think for many reasons why is because he was the scout team quarterback at Alabama playing against that Alabama defense for two years. You better learn to play real fast when you're playing against the starting defense for Alabama. There's two plays in the second half that are the 
phenomenal imagery of this. One is he does a play-action pass. It's to Jacoby Myers. Myers starts on the right side of the formation, and he's got like this little six- or seven-yard shallow cross to the left side. And it's a play-action. It's in the fourth quarter on really that game-stealing drive, so to speak. And he ends up being basically wide open after the play-action. And Mac just kind of floats this ball out there. It becomes this 20-yard completion. Go rewatch it because Mac comes out of the fake, flips his head around, and he puts his right foot, back foot in the ground. Right when that right foot hits the ground, that ball comes out of his hands, floated to space on a shallow cross. If he waits two-tenths of a second, takes a fraction of a hitch, or just a, a, a blink slower, he's going to get hit from his left side, the backside defensive end. It is going to be a sack fumble, and there's three chargers there waiting to pick up that fumble. That is something that it doesn't show up in a box score but it's a game-changing play, and it's because the young man knows when to throw the ball, mm-hmm. where to throw it, and how to throw it at such an incredibly high and efficient level right now that their offense doesn't really have moments of, um, you know, sputtering. They're they just really, really efficient right now. He takes what he, he – ta- and then he has no problem throwing it away. I, I, I was really impressed with what I saw. Uh, yep. Last one for you, Dan, in the couple minutes I have left with you, Dan Orlovsky of ESPN. Uh, how impactful is the Von Miller acquisition? Because w- w- obviously this is the Rams saying we need, we're going to win t- now. They, he's not under contract for next year. This is the ultimate, the ultimate uh, admission, even though we've gotten the sense of it with the, everything else that they've done. This is it right now. They got, they got the quarterback. They've got the back end. They got the front end. They got Bobby Trees. They got Cooper Cup. They've got Daryl Henderson. They got that line. They're ready. How impactful is Von Miller in your estimation? It's huge. Uh, The way I phrase it is this is about getting through the playoffs, not getting to the playoffs for the Los Angeles Rams. This is that four- or five-game stretch because they know who they got to play. When they get to the dance, they're playing the Dallas Cowboys and they're playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and they're playing the Green Bay Packers and they're playing the Arizona Cardinals. You better be able to get after the quarterback and not kind of succumb numbers on your back end. You better be able to bring four – or five, and still be playing coverage. Now, something the Rams have started to do that they did a little bit last year midway through the season, they're taking Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd and putting both those guys right next to each other, basically on a tackle outside of one of the offensive tackles. Aaron Donald head up and then Leonard Floyd outside of him. And then they're putting a, a, a different defensive lineman on the center's head, right above the center space, right? When Rich has an offense, when those guys do that, and I got Donald and Floyd on one side, and I got to throw the football. Crazy. And they got a person over the center's head. I've got to take four people and send them that way. I have to because Leonard and Aaron are all the way outside, and I got to help the center. Vaughn Miller is going to be away from that. <laughs> I got to bring four. I only got five. That means Vaughn Miller is going to be one on one a lot. And I don't need Vaughn to win like he did in 2015, 30 times a game. I need him to win five times in those passing situations. And I think that's exactly what their plan with Von Miller is. Wow, man. That's the only thing I could say. is I'm like laughing listening to you say that. That is really wild. That's how impactful. Uh, Hey, man, thanks for the time. Greatly appreciate it. What game are you doing this weekend? What are you doing this weekend? I have Oklahoma State and West Virginia. 7-1 Oklahoma State. They're a good football team, so I'm excited for it. All right, you're calling McAfee to do your research? Is that what you got? Is that what you're going to do? Yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually demanding that McAfee join in the booth. I think it's going to be a hard no, but we'll see. Okay. Thanks, Dan. Really appreciate it. Let's do it again.
Thanks, brother. Yes, sir. Thank you. You're the best. Dan Orlovsky makes me smarter. Hey, man, let me just say this. He just told you what the Rams are planning to do schematically. Just think about this. Uh, just let's 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 linger for a touch. <laughs> okay. What Dan Orlovsky just said is spot on. The Rams acquired a player not to get them to the playoffs, but through the playoffs. Okay. Yeah, I like that. One. And they acquired a guy that used to do it a significant amount of times at a very, very, very high level and occasionally can still reach that high level when he's healthy and has shown this year he can reach that high level. But he's not the guy, the only guy. And I've been talking about how the Cardinals have a whole host of guys like that. J.J. Watt before he got hurt. A.J. Green no longer the one. Just be the two. James Conner. You don't need to be the one. Just be the two behind number two. That's it. Hey, um, Zach Ertz, you you scored that game-winning touchdown in the Super Bowl, and boy, when Wentz was there, and, you know, they had Alshon Jeffrey outside, right? You were the inside guy. You were the guy. Like, you were the guy. Like, you were being circled by defensive coordinators. Don't let Ertz beat us from the tight end position. You know what you are? You're, You're option three. You're option four. That's what you are. Those are the dangerous guys when you already have enough people to get you to the playoffs, right? They're taking you through the playoffs. The Rams acquired Von Miller to be that guy. A two and a three next year, sure, but he's only on the books for also like 700000 bucks. I've done a lot of reading about this article, mm-hmm. this, uh, this, this trade since... We were on the air live when it happened. Like we <laughs> yeah. were kind of like spinning our wheels a little bit, trying to catch up. Yeah, this 20, just uh, in twenty five. That hours. that the Broncos essentially paid for the draft choices. Yeah, nine million bucks. They said we're going to take care of most of his salary. Yep. Whereas you know, there's the general sense of what a player is and who he is and what their contract is and how old he is in relation to what that how that correlates to a chart for a draft choice. The concept was for Von Miller, despite being a Super Bowl 50 MVP and being one of the best in the business, for his age and for his contract being up this year, if you had acquired, if the Rams had just acquired his contract with the salary, it would have been a fifth round choice. Broncos said, we'll pay. You just give us better choices. Mm-hmm. They essentially paid for the draft choices. And I. I imagine that maybe that's the only way it could have fit or whatever, and and that's fine with less need. That okay, we're going to get Von Miller right now. Just this is it. We're just looking for today, correct? That's this what this rule is. This is what this whole oh, yeah. trade is about. Von Miller is going to cost us less than a million bucks, and right now it's going to cost us less than a million bucks. And he's the guy to help us get through the playoffs, not to the playoffs. Other teams need multiple players to do that. We just need Vaughn. And what Dan Orlovsky just said, don't need him like back in the day the Broncos did to win those one-on-one battles that he's so lucky to have him multiple times in a game. We, we, we need you to win him, you know, 80 to 90% of the time. Yeah, just, you know, he said, enough. He said if he's one-on-one 30 times, just win, just win one-six of them. That's it. 
Why not make that trade? Why not? A hundred times out of a hundred. Yeah. I'm well, wondering if other teams in the league going, wait, wait a minute. We'll do it. But apparently they didn't have the benefit of maybe calling the, the Broncos to make a deal for a linebacker a week before to start the process. I know that I'm oversimplifying things, that GMs can call any GMs around the league, and they, they should. Counterparts speak to counterparts, and then they go back, and then they push it up the chain, and then all of a sudden their phone calls are made at the general manager level. What a trade. What a trade. It's awesome. Think about it. Go for it, man. We're rushing four. You've got five, but it's less than five because you've got to double one, if not two. And the one you don't double is coming. Yeah, nine times out of ten, you're going to double Donald. So, well, ten times out of ten, you're doing that. <laughs> yeah. And then you got to pick your poison as to who else you double, right. if at all. So that was. And what if they long. bring it? What if they bring a fifth? What and if they just want to blitz you? If they blitz. Oh man! Suddenly it's six on four. You got to do this sort of stuff. You're going <laughs> to yeah. go after Rogers and Brady and Kyler and Russ if Russ makes it. But you, you know, in order to make sure Kyler and Brady. And Rodgers come to your house, you've got to beat Russ to have the record to do it. And the best way to make sure that Brady and Rodgers come to your house is to beat them heads up. They've already beaten Brady. Last Sunday of this coming month, that's we're finally in. They visit Green Bay. How big is that going to be? It's going to be like 30 degrees. <laughs> we're all going to be still just stuffed on turkey and tryptophan. Oh, so bad. You know, and we're just going to be just waking up from a 48-hour nap, oh. and it's time for Green Bay and, and Los Angeles. Von Miller in Green Bay with his new team. That's First up for him is Tennessee. Let's take a break. Phone calls, and we didn't get to it yesterday. The uh, the latest college football rankings are, are out. Uh, AP and uh, you and uh, coaches poll. And tonight is the the first uh, college football playoff rankings. Correct? Yeah, buddy. Fantastic. That's next right here on the Rich Eisen Show. What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
This is the Rich Eisen Show. Talking about how long these World Series games are taken, and you're just basically telling the younger generation, we'll see on YouTube. See ya, yeah, see ya. But then again, my I, I, my we ten, didn't have that. I, I, look, I, I'm, my ten year old, my ten year, my my oldest son is not that interested in baseball. My youngest son, Coop, uh, when is Aaron Judge to Halloween? Yeah, I mean, and he sits my my. So I'm sitting here saying this is they're not being marketed to younger kids, baseball. But but hold on a second, we're also here on the West Coast. A Yankee game first pitch is four in the afternoon. Right. So he comes home from school he and does his stuff, and he'll watch it a little bit, and then a little bit of homework, and then games game ends at seven thirty at night. Yeah. He sees the whole thing. It's awesome. And he's a Yankee fan. Now, if he was a Dodger fan, that might be a different story. Yeah. Plus, those, I would punish him. Um, <laughs> you know. But those are seven thirty games that could over at eleven on the. You know, right, Dodger. So Dodger, he's Padre. he's totally in it, and he watches my my youngest son watches that um, quick pitch program on the MLB Network, which is like a half an hour of just mashed up highlights, oh. and he just he can't get enough of it. Yeah. He'll watch it. He will, he he was watching it in September, like a week delayed. Oh really? Yeah. Well, that's like our this week in baseball. Like you know what I mean? We would watch that on yeah, Saturday mornings. Sure. That's true. That was the, this is Mel Allen. Mel Allen. Here's this week's Twib Notes love, from around the National League. Love this week. I did baseball. that all the time, too. Baseball the, Bunch with Johnny Bench, right? Yeah. That was the only or time was you, that, uh, that's a little two before me. But. That was the only time you got to see the players whose baseball cards you collected because yeah. you could only get your local game back, you know, in the 80s. That's what it kind of went. So, I couldn't or it was believe like when, George Michael Salmish, uh, sports machine. When Rob Manfred said that, you know, in relation to, you know, um, the chop in Atlanta, and you know, and and all of the culture war stuff that Trump played up, you know, yeah, to what I guess he feel feels is his benefit because I'll tell you what, you know, he's from Queens, I'm from Staten Island. I mean, he, he's as New York as they come. Uh, <laughs> we 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 didn't care about Atlanta Braves baseball, and we didn't care about chops or anything like in New York City. It's just yeah. not like it's not it's. Definitely, but at any rate, um, when Manfred said that, you know, hey, locally here, it's cool here locally, and we sell the game locally. It's we, we're, we're regionally selling the game. Yeah, it's a regional sport. I, but, but this is the national pastime, man. Like, are we giving up on that battle? It, yeah, is not, it over? It's, it's not that. Yeah, it's it's been over for a long time. Yeah. No, Fo- I know that. But, but that even, over but still, you're time. not gonna you're not gonna try and no. Just even we're just. Retreating? It's a retreat. I don't think they care because it's all working locally and regionally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they don't care. Well, what about now? This is the World Series. How many people are sitting there talking about what's going to happen tonight? Who's starting? Nobody. We we didn't even talk about it yesterday. And and we're the two biggest baseball fans. We're the baseball show. would, Would we if the Yankees were in it? Would we if the Dodgers were in it? Absolutely. If it was Dodgers, with all due respect to your Braves, and I'm saying this, you know, I I, I all due respect on the front end, which means I'm. Sure. Um, would we, would be if it's, it's Dodgers, world- if it's Dodgers Astros, it's a totally different bad blood situation, and we're all paying attention to it more. Were we paying attention when it was Mets Royals? Not really. I was. Well, because it's those were your politics, team. local. Yeah, local. You were local. <laughs> to New York, but like not one no, of our to the Mets, the Mets not one team, of our man. teams was in it, and not the team of the city where we do the show was in it. So we just kind of blew past it because NFL Monday was huge. 
Baseball is a huge problem. Huge. Well, like I said, though, my 10-year-old is in. He's in. But because you're in. That's correct. Yeah. I'm in, He, but I'm in, but my oldest son is. My, my youngest daughter really isn't. She'd rather go run outside and have me throw passes to her and throw a baseball to her than actually sit down and watch a football or a baseball game. You know? Games take way too long. And again, she's also eight. People so are seeing them. If like, Chase from Paw Patrol put on a glove, she might be more interested. <laughs> I, you know, I get that. Um, let's go to Sam in Iowa. You're here on the Rich Eisen Show. What's up, Sam? Hey, Rich. How are you doing? What's going on in your mind? Well, Rich, I called you before the season started. I was the Chiefs fan that predicted maybe we might go 17 and 0 this year. Hey, 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 hey. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. forgot to do that in high register at the time. <laughs> so I don't I'm not really embarrassed by my prediction. You shouldn't be. We definitely got the talent, you know, we got the well, I thought we had the home field advantage. But here's going on. We are so out of sync. This is ridiculous. Everybody keeps on asking, what's wrong with the Chiefs? What's wrong with the Chiefs? When are they going to get it together? We're not getting together. We're not making No, it don't say that. Don't say that. No, no, Sam, Ooh. don't say that. Don't say that. Don't say, that. don't say that. Okay. You can't say hey, that. You cannot say Rich, that. Rich, yep. we were in, what's this, week eight. Right. We're leading the league in turnovers. We're leading the league in penalties. This is week eight, and we haven't fixed that yet. Bro, I saw the New York Giants get beat in the old Giants stadium by a Patriots team that went 16-0. and and, and that giant team put it all out on the line that night, even though they didn't have anything to play for because they were going to be sneaking into the playoffs as one of the low seeds. And they put it out on the line that night, and they lost to the Patriots. I was there in person that night. It was one of the most amazing regular season games I've ever seen. meant so much for something that really didn't mean anything when it all came down to it, other than the fact that we saw a regular season finish with a team that had a zero under the L column, and that Giants team won the Super Bowl. And nobody left that building that night. 0.0% of the human beings in that building that night, and I would proffer to say that includes those in the Giants organization, thought to themselves, we're winning the Super Bowl this year, and believed it. Now, Strahan might say it. Those guys might say it. Dude, I've just seen too much that is not easily explained happen in this NFL. Nick Foles coming in. When he came in for the injured Wentz, and he looked like hot garbage. What was that, against the Raiders? Remember that? Was that a Monday night game or something like that, Chris? Or a Sunday night game or something? In that year, he looked like hot garbage. And it's like, uh-oh, Fultz, this is the guy that's going to be the, the, yeah, the quarterback for the one Giants. seed. Giants, and nobody yeah. – that's why they all the dog masks came out, man, because they were underdogs in every game, and the Philadelphia Eagles beat the Patriots and Brady. You cannot sit here and say after eight weeks at 4-4 four and four, – it's over for the the Chiefs. You just can't. You can't. Are you making oh, at least are are you at least making a U-turn literally in real life? Because I'm trying to make you make that U-turn with your point in your car right now. Are you doing that? Well, you hear that? Signal? Okay, you're you're talking about the Super Bowl hangover. Here's what the yeah. Super Bowl hangover is. Okay, it's just it's just being pulled too many different places by too many different people. It's not like the players aren't trying as hard or working. They just don't have enough time to work together. I don't know how many games I went to when when Mahomes hooked up with Kelsey. He threw the ball before Kelsey even cut it and yep. hit him right between the numbers. Right. He, they were so out of sync last night. He was throwing balls over Kelsey's head. Kelsey was in the wrong spot. It, 
they, they well, just don't they don't have enough time to work together as much as they have in the past years. Well, I appreciate the call. Hang in there, literally, please right, do that. Right, well, well if, seriously, and and to me, what the Super Bowl hangover is is you've played more games than anybody else. It's a long oh, yeah. season, man. Long season. It's a long season. Chiefs make it all the way to the AFC Championship game one year. Next year, they make it all the way to the Super Bowl and win it. Next year, it's a pandemic. Literally, the country shuts down two and a half months after they win, or a month and a half, actually, after they win the Super Bowl in South Florida. And the Chiefs, the next year, go all the way to the Super Bowl again in a pandemic. You're going through protocols more than any other team except for Tampa. And then you're coming back this year, and maybe, just maybe, catches up to you. That's, to me, what a Super Bowl hangover is, and it's not like most of the team, you know, is is tired or anything like that. It just, it just, it's not, it's not explicable. But you just see it. You see it when you see it. And then the rest of the team that wasn't on the team, that's now new to the team, includes one of the most important units, which is to protect the prize, the unicorn. And you heard Rod Woodson say, and Orlovsky say too, the footwork's off is what Dan said. And part of the reason why the footwork may be off is he had surgery on a foot. And maybe it's because the guys in front of him, he's still getting used to what they're doing and they're getting used to what he's doing and He's, you know, throwing uh, behind a line. He might be a little jittery behind. Peyton Manning pointed out one of the first things he revealed on the Manning cast last night as he was talking to Mahomes leading to the week, and that Mahomes is straying too far up in the pocket, and the guys who are blocking in front of him think they have enough space, and all of a sudden he's right behind them or they're right in front of him, and that he's drifting. That's why I'm saying, you know, it's just eight games. It really is just eight games. There's nine left. The problem is with the fact that there's nine left is the who's who, the, their who schedule. Yeah, the, the schedule is insane. Who are they playing in the nine? Green Bay coming up at Cal- at Vegas, Cowboys. Dallas. Two left with Vegas, and they still have Pittsburgh and Cincinnati as well as their division games. Two more against the Broncos. The schedule's really hard. And then a visit to the Chargers, who have beaten them already. And so let's say best-case scenario, they go 6-3, and three, right? Is 10 wins enough to get into the playoffs? I think so. It's a 7-seed. 7-seed, though. 7-seed. Right, yeah. And then, and then, and then, it's who wants a piece of them? But if they're going at Baltimore... Who wants a piece of them? I don't know, man. You think Baltimore wants another piece? They finally just, they finally just beat them. I think they do want another. I think they would welcome that. You think so? Yeah. Okay. They just beat them, and they're at home. I think a Ravens fan is like, we've beaten them once already. We don't need to see them again. Who wants to see the Chiefs in the seventh seed? It's kind of similar to uh, who wants to see, like last year, they were too banged up for it. Lakers, right? Who wanted to see the Warriors as an eight seed if they were healthy? Maybe. So this is a team that would just struggle. I mean, they—I wouldn't want to see the Chiefs as a six or seven seed. No, thank it's you. It's not a light switch that you can just turn on once the playoffs. I'm start. not ready to basically just say they're done. How can you sit there and say that when it's Mahomes and it's Kelsey and it's Hill? I know, but you've watched the game. I they have seen terrible. it, and they look out of sync. But a win is a win, and I'm just looking at the standings right here, and I don't see a photograph of it.
yeah. anything from last night there on are, there. But there are photographs. There's there's tape. I get it. Yeah. But I mean, Sam calling in from Iowa, you know, behind a wheel, and by the way, appreciate him signaling. Hand, hands free. Too many people. Signal. Too many people don't signal. All right. That's an LA. Thing. Uh, so. Him saying, yeah, they're done? Come on. Come on. Um, I, I can't go there. I won't go there. Now, if they're 500, if they're... Even if they're 6-6, six and six, like I said, how many... You're, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers have gone on a run from the last spot in the wild card. Giants. Come on now. We've seen it too many times. I'm missing several examples, I'm sure. Come on now. You're too nice, Rich. No, I'm not to, too you're nice. Supposed to, you're supposed I'm to not bury too nice. teams it's on Tuesday. It's just because you know we've I mean? seen no, we've seen the Chiefs <laughs> do it over and over again. Problem is, is we've seen them do it from the top end of the food chain. Now they're in the middle of it. You've never seen them look this bad. No. Though, so and so we're basically saying that they look this bad. They can't. They can't play well. I'm. I, I, I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl. I can't say that they definitely won't. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Right now. Do you believe it, though? Hour three coming up with your calls and more.